Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder. And I'm Sarah Severson, and we're the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Thomas Yates in April at the Durango Art Center and also at the Sunflower Theater, when the theme was Rites of Passage. Thomas is witty and fun. He moved back to Durango, Colorado after living there as a child. He has worn many hats in his life, including stuntman, master dog trainer, and stand-up comedian. He loves life and people and values honesty and integrity. Here is Thomas's story. I was raised in Durango, and I left and came back, and uh, my journey started there. When I was four years old was my earliest memory, and uh, I was the youngest of seven kids, me and my twin brother Donnie. Uh, I was like the little heater. All my sisters always used to want to asked my parents if I could sleep in their room during the winter because Durango used to get cold and had water. <laughs> so uh, four years old, I'd sleep with my sister, my oldest sister, my big sister, Linda. I loved her to death. I woke up one morning and uh, felt pressure around my waist. And it was hot. And my sister was breathing weird. My other sisters were standing next to the bed saying, come on, we got to go to school. And I could hear myself crying, let me go, let me go. At four years old, I didn't know I was being molested. She finally let me go. After that, I uh, never went in a room alone with my sister. I didn't trust her. I loved her and I didn't tell on her. I didn't want her to get her in trouble. About a year later, my uh, dad had went too far. He owned a local roofing company. He used to get drunk and do drugs and beat my mom. My mom had had enough. She was an emergency room triage nurse. So she divorced him and we left. We went to California. She remarried. She seemed happy. We're in Southern California and it was the 70s, so it was all right. 13 years old, I was in the garage, and it was summertime. Pomegranates and oranges were blossoming on the trees. It was hot. My chain broke on my bicycle, so my twin brother and me were in the garage trying to fix it, and I needed a master link for the chain. So I called my friend Chuck Hobbs, and he said, yeah, he had one. I had to go over and get it, so my twin brother loaned me his bike, and I rode over there. Got the master link and rode back. Olive trees. It was beautiful. Nice sunny day. But when I got back, the garage door was kind of down. And I couldn't hear the birds. Couldn't smell nothing. Couldn't hear nothing. Walked in the garage and nobody was in there. And it was just quiet. Quiet that it's just not supposed to be. It's like something out of a movie. So I walk in the house nothing no sounds calling my twin brother's name calling dad for my stepdad I walked into the hallway and the sunlight was coming through the window 
It was one of them days where the sun was hitting just right and you could see all the dust particles floating in the air. And I walked through them and just had a weird feeling. I looked at my bedroom, nothing. I turned around, my parents' door was cracked and I could hear something. I walked over and I could see through the crack. And what I saw caused me to kick the door open. My stepfather was molesting my twin brother. My brain went back to when I was four years old. And I promised that I'd never let nothing like that happen to him. That happened to me. So I told him, I said, I'm back. I went out in the garage. I was so mad. I picked up the screwdriver. 13 years old. And I was fixing to kill a man. I'm not joking. Have no doubt in your mind that I was going to kill him. When he come in the garage, he's yelling, Oh, what, what, oh, no, no, no you ain't going to convince me of nothing. What do you think you're doing? Well, you better respect your mom. Oh, no, don't, don't you try and twist this and bring my mom into this. So my twin brother was standing, and he was staring at the ground. And I said, I can't kill him in front of my twin brother. So I put the screwdriver down on and I walked out of the garage and he said, you better respect your mom. I said, I'll never call you dad again. And I definitely don't respect you. For the next couple of days, I avoided everybody. On the third day, my mom had to come pick me up from school because I had got suspended. I acted out. I beat up another kid. He didn't deserve it. My mom picked me up from the school. Well, what's wrong with you, Thomas? What, 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 what are you doing? Because I'm, I'm very intelligent. I skipped grades in school. And now here I am, getting suspended. I said, Mom, Richard molested Donnie. I caught him. She pulled the car over to the curb. She slapped me and she said, you better not be lying, you little bastard. We get home, everybody shows up. She kicks him out of the house when he admits to it. I'm thinking, why ain't somebody calling the cops? Three days later, she let him back in the house to sleep on the couch. I guess sometimes things ain't for us to figure out. Wasn't too long after that, I figured it out and I left. I went out on my own and I raised myself. I kicked it around the whole country. I did get an education. I did do a lot of great things and I've achieved and accomplished a lot. But it doesn't matter because I kept falling back. I didn't deal with what I should have dealt with. So once again, I woke up one morning, couldn't open my eyes, they were stuck shut, but I could definitely smell the urine in the air and the feces, and I could hear the door slamming metal on metal, and I could hear guys screaming and talking stupid stuff, and I reached out and I pulled myself up on a metal sink, and when I opened my eyes, I was looking in a shiny metal mirror in a county jail.
this time I had done it good. Real good. The first deal they offered me was uh, 132 years for beating up a cop. I was in the hole in administrative segregation because that's where they keep you when you assault police officers. And I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to look in that mirror. And I realized everybody I was blaming was my fault. I was my own victim because I held it in and I reacted and I thought, what was a me? And it gave me entitlement to go do stuff. I didn't have that. So I took a deal, 18 years in prison. While in prison, I took a course called by Dr. Stephen Covey of highly effective people. I uh, then became a facilitator and I taught inmates. I also became a master dog handler. For the last five years I was in prison, I taught and trained dogs. I had one dog, I called him Black Bart. He was a little black dog, Chihuahua, Terrier, and Grizzly Bear. <laughs> this guy thought he was tough and he knew he was in prison. <laughs> he was solid black and he had two little white hairs on his chest. And when he came in that room, oh no, it took me three days to gain his trust but he had mine. I love that dog. I was the only guy that could walk out in the yard and not see the fence. I was free on the inside. And all them dogs helped me. Every one of them. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world because it gave me something. It gave me something to give back. And to complete the circle of love with the animal, every time the dog left after being trained, I walked it to the van. I put it in the cage and I loved it so that that final bit of love that I knew it had, it could leave with because I knew it was going to go be loved too. December 11th last year, I was released from prison and I went to Durango to Hilltop Halfway House. I'm not in Hilltop no more, uh, medical reasons. But I do go back there every Wednesday night and I mentor the inmates there. I also have gone and applied to uh, be a mentor for La Plata County Youth Services because we got to give back. There's something I learned and something that people need to know. I have my integrity. I'll never lose it. I will never lie to you. I will never lie for you. And I'll never lie to myself. And I will make sure anybody that's around me is always safe and always loved. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my rite of passage. Thank you, Thomas, for sharing that story with us. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. A list of our live storytelling events in 2019 is also on our website on the events page. 
Subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and share these stories with your friends. If a particular story makes you laugh, cry, or look at your world with a little bit more clarity, please leave a comment and let us know. Big thanks to our photographer, McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website, and be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. And thanks to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about the wonderful projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Check out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. And our theme music was written and composed by Mo Cooley and performed by Mo and the Motones. Find out more about their music on the Motones Facebook page. That's M-O-E Tones on Facebook. Now for the outtake. <laughs> Boom. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Rocked sir. Rocked that. I can only aspire Aww. to be that flowy in my delivery. La, 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 Such a flow. La.